When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. This is Brian Agler, head coach of the Dallas Wings. Being in Chapter 1 is always exciting. You know, it's just like opening and starting a new book. You know, there's a lot of anticipation of what's going to happen down the road. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers. The Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Here's your host, John Little. Ah, yes. Welcome back. John Little here with you on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. So good to have you along again. I see you couldn't get enough after the first time. So before I forget, I encourage you to rate the podcast, throw us a few stars, review the podcast as well. That really helps people find us. And of course, tell your friends about the great things we're doing with the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Thought we might give you a little bit of bonus content here at the end of the week as the Dallas Wings get ready for their home opener The Wings are set to face off with the Minnesota Lynx on Saturday, the 1st of June. And I got some great audio going out to Media Day and got to talk with a couple of the main organization heads in head coach Brian Agler, along with the president and CEO of the team as well, Greg Bibb, several players as well. And we're going to put that out in a subsequent broadcast. But I hope you really enjoyed Tisha Pinachero, our first guest. Gotten so much good response uh, about what she had to say. So again, thank you to Tisha for joining us. But the Dallas Wings, when you look at what they've lost in the offseason in Liz Cambage and also the player that they don't have at their disposal right now in Skylar Diggins-Smith here early in the season uh, because of her pregnancy and the recovery from it, they are a team in transition 
right now. And they're a team that's frankly being counted out by many. But I got the sense in talking to the Dallas Wings on Media Day that they don't really think that's fair. They're okay with flying under the radar, but, you know, they think they're going to be a lot better uh, than people give them credit for going into this season. Uh, So it's going to be an exciting season for the Wings as they continue to try to take hold in the DFW area. They play in Arlington, and they averaged almost 1,000 more fans per game last year than they did in 2017, and they're trying to take another step. A guy that's helping majorly in that is the president and CEO of the organization, Greg Bibb. We got to chat with him. Well, Greg, I think the biggest story of the year has been the Liz Cambage trade. Let's get it out of the way right off the bat. How has this process been compared to other challenges that you've had in the past? Is this the toughest one? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but can you compare it? I don't know if I would say toughest. I would say maybe the most complicated just in terms of um, the moving pieces involved in the deal. But at the end of the day, we were able to acquire two players in Isabel Harrison and Mariah Jefferson, who were players we have long sought to have on our our team and an organization. So uh, we're very pleased with the result of the uh, acquisition of those two players, as well as the draft picks, the first and second round picks that we picked up in the 2020 draft. Well, taking a look at what you've been through over the last four or five months, you knew that Liz didn't want to be in Dallas, and so you had to find the best possible situation for her. Once you knew that, obviously you start thinking about your team as well. You know, is that in any way exciting to be able to get creative and piece some of those things together and go out and pick off some pieces off other teams. We're excited about the roster that we're building. You know, Coach Agler, who's had a tremendous amount of success in our league and other places coaching uh, women's basketball, has a very uh, distinct style of play, and we collectively have a very good idea of the type of basketball player that will fit best into that system. And in Isabel Harrison and Mariah Jefferson, we've gotten two more of those players to go along with the roster that we've built um, to maximize the result for our basketball team. Um, so feel very good about the versatility of our roster. Feel very good about the athleticism of our roster. Uh, we're a young team. Make no mistake about that. But we're a very talented team. And I think the future is bright for us, not only in 2019, but for years to come. As we watched your roster build throughout draft day, You're picking off one of the most iconic players in NCAA postseason basketball history, and then you're picking off the player of the year in the nation as well uh, in in the first couple rounds of the draft. Could you have imagined, as you looked at the draft board, being able to do that, plus what you were able to do with your third-round pick as well? I'm just adding the talent you did. I was very pleased with our draft class. Uh, Obviously, Arike Agumbawale, arguably is the most famous collegiate player in the moment that there's been with her NCAA Final Four of two years ago. But beyond that moment in time, she is a tremendous playmaker. I think she has an unbelievable future in our league, and I felt very fortunate that she was available to us at the fifth pick in the draft. Megan Gustafson is the reigning NCAA Player of the Year. Uh, she averaged over 27 points per game. She led collegiate Division One basketball in scoring for two consecutive years. She led the NCAA in field goal percentage. More importantly, she plays hard every time she steps on the court, and she is a great, great teammate and young lady. 
And then the two other picks, too, Kennedy Burke, uh, I felt was a steal at uh, pick 22 out of UCLA. She's had a fantastic camp for us. Uh, and even Morgan Birch, who uh, we have since waived, uh, as I told her, uh, this is not the end for her in our league. It's the beginning. Uh, she'll have an opportunity to go overseas. She'll play overseas. She'll get better, bigger, stronger, adjust to the professional pace of play. And I think you'll see her back in this league in the coming years. So I felt we had a very good draft class. What everyone needs to remember is there are 12 teams in our league and 12 roster spots per team. There are 144 slots in the entire WNBA. And if you're a 20, 21, 22-year-old coming out of college and you have to compete against women who have been playing professionally for 5, 6, 10 years, it doesn't matter how talented you are, that is a tall task to accomplish. So there are a lot of good players who can play in this league who simply just don't get that opportunity right out of the gate. But we'll get an opportunity down the road. And I think here in terms of Dallas, Kayla Thornton's a prime example of that. Kayla got cut three times uh, before we were fortunate to have her at a tryout uh, a couple of years ago prior to the start of the season. Uh, And she had gone overseas a number of times, and her game had gotten to the point where, okay, we think she's going to be able to make it. And she came into camp, and she earned a roster spot. And then she became a starter. And now, for my money, she's one of the best defensive players in the league. So I think she is a living, breathing example to those who maybe don't make it out of training camp right out of school, that if they stick with it, they'll get an opportunity down the road. Hadn't really thought about broaching this subject with you, but it's something that you kind of bring up, and so I just want to go for it. You say only 144 players seen a lot of action lately there need to be more roster spots on the teams or there need to be more teams in the WNBA if you had to pick one of those which way would you go would you vote for expansion would you vote for expanding rosters right now candidly I have so much story about here in Dallas I really don't have a ton of thought on that I certainly think the women's game has evolved and continues to evolve at a rapid pace And I think our product today is better than it's ever been before. What that means in terms of greater opportunity, whether on a particular roster or in terms of additional teams, I'm not certain. I just know we have a really good product. I know that when people come and see it and experience it firsthand, they come away satisfied and they quickly recognize the value uh, for the dollar they spent to be here. So that's all good stuff. And if it's all good stuff, why not more good stuff? I love it. There were a lot of people that came out and saw the good stuff last year here in Arlington, a lot more than the year before, about 900 more fans uh, per time out. You guys did a much better job in drawing. What do you think you can attribute that to last year, and how have you worked in the offseason to continue to take another step? A good, young, exciting team to watch, but also a tremendous amount of hard work on our front office side. While we've built our roster, we have built out, I think, one of the best business front offices in all of sport and we've brought people into the organization who have had tremendous success other places and in major four leagues and with major four teams just like winning basketball games it takes talent it takes experience and know-how and over the last two years we have seen tremendous success and made unbelievable strides in terms of growing our business we will finish this year leading the league in new season tickets sold for the second consecutive year 
we will go from next to last in corporate partnership revenue to either first or second overall in corporate partnership revenue. Our social media uh, engagement, those numbers continue to skyrocket. And we've done all this with a team that's young and exciting, but a team that is yet to play a home playoff game. Mm. So it is my belief that once the team starts to have that sustained postseason success, and let's start with having a home playoff game and go from there, then the convergence of what we're building on the business side with what we're building on the basketball side will take place. And when that happens, I think we're going to have a tipping point moment for this organization, and it's going to go from there. And bringing in Coach Agler, that's just got to push it along as well on the floor. What do you want to do as far as building that culture? What did you know about Coach Agler coming in, and what have you learned about him since working with him on a one-on-one basis? As I've said many times, this is a bottom-line business. It's very black and white, and the the bottom line of all bottom lines is winning. So coming in, I knew he won more, literally, than anyone else in the history of women's professional basketball in our country. So when you're hiring a coach, that's a pretty darn good place to start. While I certainly knew him, because we've both been involved in the league for a long time, and we've competed against each other for a long time, him winning far more than I— I didn't know him personally, and I've gotten a chance, you know, when you spend a lot of time on the road together scouting during the college season, and I tell the story often, we spent Valentine's Day together uh, at a very good but very off-the-beaten-path Mexican restaurant in Starkville, Mississippi. When you have those kind of experiences together, you get to know people pretty well. Uh, And he's a little different than I thought in terms of personality in a good way, uh, and I think he's a great human being, which obviously is important too. So... I'm excited to have him here, watching him now just through the first couple weeks of camp and how he coaches and how he teaches. He's a teacher more than he's a coach and how he is relentless in terms of his teaching and how he will not accept anything other than the very best out of each and every player. While that creates uncomfortable moments in the moment from time to time, I'm already seeing the dividends of that in terms of how our team is playing. We gave up 71 points in our loss last night. We gave up 67 points in a win at Connecticut in our second preseason game last week. It's been a long time since our organization has had that kind of defensive result. Now, granted, it's preseason. It's not the regular season. We have a long way to go, and he'll be the first to tell you we've got a long way to go. But what I'm just seeing on the surface right now uh, is exciting and I'm really excited to see him and the impact he has on our team when he's with them for a season well we could go on forever thank you so much for your time really excited about what you guys have going on here in Arlington we appreciate it thank you go Wings that's Greg Bibb the president and CEO of the Dallas Wings now one of the biggest acquisitions he talked about it he made it in the offseason is going out and getting Brian Agler as the new head coach two-time champion in the WNBA uh, a guy that has had nothing but success with the LA Sparks. How could you go wrong with hiring a guy like that? Let's meet the new head coach of the Wings. I'm sure you've gotten the question, why, a lot during the offseason. You know, why the move? What's the best way you can put into context for people the move to step away from LA, your decision, and to come here and join the Wings? Well, I think you described the Dallas Wings in a perfect manner, and that is an exciting, growing organization. Me being here obviously happened after the fact that it. I just felt like it was a 
good time and a good opportunity to recharge batteries, step away from the Sparks. I had a great four years there and some great people with the organization from the ownership through the organization to the players. Just tremendous experience, you know, working with some great people. As Greg and the ownership approached you about coming to the wings did it take any kind of convincing because I know you said right off the bat you're not retiring uh, when you stepped away from LA you know this isn't it for you as a coach did you expect to coach the next year or was it did it take any kind of convincing from the staff here at Dallas to say hey we got something going well I never put myself in a box you know so I always leave opportunities and options open Um, didn't anticipate this happening so quickly but, you know, it happened to be open when I resigned. And, you know, I had to give L.A. a 30-day uh, window to be relieved from my contract. So, you know, after that 30 days, it was still open. And there was some dialogue between Greg and my representative. And, you know, we had several discussions, Greg and I, and it just worked out that way. You mentioned recharging your batteries a little bit or kind of that clean slate. How do you feel different? starting here this year in a training camp setting versus, you know, like, uh, let's say your fourth year last year with the Sparks? Sort of the way I look at it now is I look at us here, myself being here, new players coming in, even though there's a good foundation of of talent, um, we're sort of still in Chapter 1, where a lot of the teams in this league are in Chapter 10, 11, and 12. (laughs) You know, going if I stayed in L.A., you know, we were going to be in Chapter, we could say five because of the fifth year, but we could also consider it being Chapter 13 or 14, too, because of everything you go through. So being in Chapter 1 is always exciting. You know, it's just like opening and starting a new book. You know, there's a lot of anticipation of what's going to happen down the road. And not only with the trade of Liz, but also with Skyler being out early this season, this team doesn't look when you put it out there on Friday like it's going to look at the end of this year either. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Let's talk about the Liz trade from your perspective as you and Greg's perspective trying to build a team. Once you knew that Liz wanted to be traded, how did that change your perspective about how you needed to build this roster to best suit your personality as a coach? We tried to accommodate Liz as, as much as we could, and in the end we did. Um, you know, her desires were to be in L.A. And, you know, I thought on a couple occasions we had a trade done with L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, it involved a third team, a third party. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, in both cases, it just didn't play out that way. So uh, no fault to hers, no fault to ours. It just didn't work out. So Vegas was always in the mix. Um, they had desires to have her on the team. And obviously the trade that we ended up making was one that we could have made you know, back in February because they showed interest there. But her representative didn't allow that to happen. So we worked hard, and it finally got done, you know, about a week. I think there was some dialogue 10 days after the draft, and then it just moved forward here. And it happened quickly. Once it got going, it happened quickly. I think it's worked out for everybody. It's obviously a new challenge. The team's going to look different. But over time, you know, we'll mold this to the way we feel like we have to to move down the road. You're known as a defensive-minded minded coach, of course, and this team 
struggled as it was constituted last year a little bit on the defensive end. Still, there are some really good individual pieces that can get down and dirty mm-hmm. and defend. How excited are you to coach, you know, Kayla Thornton for a whole year um, and some of the other players on this team, Glory, that, you know, have shown that they can be really good individual defensive players? Well, I like a lot of the players here for that specific reason, good athletes, you know, active players. The two you mentioned, you know, Kayla and Glory are really tough-minded and, again, they, they like to do the work, dirty work. Um, you know, you put those two with Kayla Davis and Alicia Gray, and I sort of call that group the Rough Riders because they, <laughs> they are like that. They, they're physical. They, they mix it up. They're in the thick of things. They make things happen, and probably the fabric of our team will be those four people will make up that, that fabric. They'll, they know that's how we want our team to be. You know, we don't back down. We're making things happen, and we're good defensively. I'm interested about Enrique Agun-Bowale's development here. As a combo guard coming in, obviously you probably expected her to handle the basketball some, and knowing Skyler's situation, is it good for her right off the bat to be starting the season or to get a lot of work in in your system at the point guard spot, even if she's not always playing that position? Or do you see her always playing that position, even when Skyler comes back? I think it's yet to be to be seen, but I think it's going to be a great experience for her. I think it's going to help her development into our league starting out this way because even though it's a lot to put on her plate, she's a good enough player to handle it, and I think it will really open her mind up to a lot of different things, and I think in the, in the end it will be a benefit to her and to us. How it plays out with Skyler, we'll wait till she gets here and we'll find out. You talked about your narrow focus that you're always very focused and it's blinders on especially once the uh, season gets going what do you do to unwind though um you know I I get out and walk exercise every day usually in the mornings before practice so that's that's to me it's always a refreshing time you know I get up early in the morning and you know it's nice to get out and move around and uh, you know feel the weather just opens your mind up so I that's something I do traditionally. But after that, you know, once I get into practice, it's pretty much till the end of the day, it's, it's about basketball. How would you describe yourself on game day? Are you somebody that can be chatted with? Can you have a casual conversation on game day? Or is it a little bit more you get in that bunker and until that game goes down, it's, uh, it's really tough to think about anything else? Yeah, I, besides my family and the organization I don't talk to many people outside of that on any day so on game day it sort of narrows a little bit I don't know if I really get into a bunker but I stay focused on preparation and doing the things that you know I feel like I can help on it to uh, help our team have success that's really what my job is to help this group have success and help build this you know organization so Just stay focused on that. That's Brian Agler, the new head coach of the Dallas Wings, as the Wings get ready for their home opener against the Minnesota Lynx coming up on Saturday. And next for you, tomorrow, we're going to put out one more podcast this week, and it's with four players who will play big roles for this team this year. First of all, the first-round pick, Arike Agunbowale, had a great time talking with one of the most legendary players in NCAA basketball history. And then we also got to chat with Kayla Thornton. 
We talked as well with a player that could be a huge breakout star on this team in Alicia Gray. And then my favorite conversation personally with Glory Johnson. And one of the things we talk about is how your body recovers after a pregnancy. He made sure to cut as little of an incision so he wasn't completely cutting my muscle. And he cut as little as he could and had one of the smallest nurses with the smallest hands come in and get my baby out. I think you're going to find it incredibly educational and kind of related to Skylar Diggins-Smith and her situation early on this year. That's it for this bonus content edition of the Her Hoop Stats podcast. But in the meantime, yeah, rate, review, share with your friends. The announcer for the Her Hoop Stats podcast is Susie Solis. Our music by Jared Deck. And the executive producer of the podcast is Aaron Barzilai. Talk to you next time. Her Hoop Stats. Some people just know there's a better way to do things. Like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate. Or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.